Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and some bullet points. Yes, that's right. It's another midweek show and I wanted to share some news, some updates and more. And first of all, unfortunately, I have some very sad news and I just wanted to share it with you because Michelle Doherty, who was the founder of Alpha H Skincare and a friend of the podcast, a friend of mine, very sadly passed away last week after a two-year battle with cancer. Um... Michelle and Tom, uh, also from Alpha H, Tom, Michelle and Tom, they're a duo, they're a great duo, came on the podcast about four years ago. And it was around it was around that time that I felt a real bond with Michelle. And we had a few conversations that will really stay with me forever. We got to know each other in the green rooms and dressing rooms at QVC, uh, but she was a real guide. Um, and a real mentor at a time when I really needed it. And I will always be grateful for the generosity and kindness she showed me. She was such a such a real supporter and friend and someone I cared about very, very much. And I'm so, so sad to hear of her passing. And my thoughts are with her family, oh, the family that she just adored, and her Alpha H family. She really was one in a million and she will be missed and I will certainly miss her. And I know that many of you know who she is because you fans of skincare and you know about Alpha H but you may have already you may have heard her on this show so I just wanted to talk about that and just say what a loss it is to to the beauty industry but also what a loss it is in life that Michelle is no longer with us uh, and again sending so much love to her family and her friends right uh, this podcast, I, I'm actually going to do something a little bit different once I've dusted myself off. <laughs> um, and that is that I posted an Instagram TV or an IGTV, if you're down with the kids, last week, where I gave an update on my breast reduction. In fact, I called the I called the IGTV like my breast reduction an update, but actually it was a little bit misleading. And the response to that video has been way more than I anticipated. And uh, in all honesty, it did start off as a video about talking about what it was like a year on from breast reduction surgery because it was I published it on, on the, the birthday of my surgery. But it very quickly turned into a much more honest video and actually addressed something that quite a few people have been messaging me about over the last few months. Not only the breast reduction surgery, I get a lot of messages. I get messages every single day about breast reduction surgery. And I think if you follow me on Instagram... 
uh, quite a few people have been saying, Emma, it looks like you've lost weight. What have you been doing? Etc. Etc. And I'd kind of been dodging those questions. And in this video, I address all of it. And so fundamentally, I thought my breast reduction surgery was going to be life changing. And I thought that I would wake up from the surgery and all of my hang ups about my body would have evaporated. <laughs> but they hadn't. And in this video, I explain why that was the case and how it forced me to make some really important changes in my life. It's not perfect, it's not scripted, but by Jiminy, is it honest? And the feedback I've had suggests that a lot of people are caught in a very similar situation. And so I wanted to share it here too for all those people who aren't on Instagram or who don't, who aren't able to consume a 25 minute video of me talking, it's much easier for them to listen to a podcast, whether it's on your drive, on your way to work, or whatever it might be that you're doing. I just thought, well, given the feedback and given the messages, and thank you so much to everybody who has been in touch, your messages have been so incredible. I thought it, it made sense to put it on the podcast feed as well. And obviously all of the things that I mentioned will be in the show notes as well. But if it does speak to you, if you're in a similar situation to the one that I've been in, then please know that my DMs are open and that my inbox, which is especially for you, the beauty podcast at gmail.com is always there for you. And obviously, I know I say it all the time, I bang on about it, you must find me very boring, but hearing from you really is the best part of this job. So please don't be shy about getting in touch if you listen to this and feel as though you want to sit want to share something or just want to speak to someone who has who's been honest and is letting you know that they've gone through it and are experiencing and feel it too so anyway here it is uh the it's the audio to the video that i recorded that is uh on igtv on my instagram where i'm at emma guns but this is all about what happened when i realized that my breast reduction surgery wasn't going to change my life Hello, hi, and welcome. This is a video all about breast reduction surgery. But breast reduction surgery one year on, and I want to be completely honest with you and say that I thought this surgery was going to change my life, and it didn't. So I had to do that myself. And I don't know whether I would have been able to make the changes that I have subsequently made in my life had it not been for the surgery that I underwent a year ago. So if you're watching this on the day that it comes out, it's a year ago that I had the operation. It feels worth celebrating, it does to me anyway. Um, so yeah, I thought that the surgery was gonna change my life and it was the thing that so many people had said to me that, um, oh Emma, this you have this done, this surgery is so life-changing, it's so great, I can't wait to see what you look like afterwards. And, and it was an anticlimax. And it was an anticlimax because the surgery, while it definitely fixed disproportionately large breasts that were also inconvenient, heavy and uncomfortable, it couldn't fix an emotional and mental problem, which is essentially what was at the heart of what was going on. I was incredibly disconnected from my body. I never looked at myself. I didn't look in mirrors. I didn't like pictures being taken of me. Even when I went and had my consultations with surgeons, at no point did I look at myself in the mirror. I asked not to. Even after, actually, even when I went back and I'd had the surgery, I refused to look in the mirror at myself without, any, uh, without my top on because I was so disconnected, I really didn't want to see it. And 
after I had the surgery, I realized, I really realized that needed to be fixed because if having something as major as a general anesthetic and a two to three hour surgery isn't going to be the fix, then what is? And it was a little bit of a wake up call and a realization that the call was coming from inside the house, that if I was going to get a handle on this, if I was going to finally confront this issue, I was going to have to do it head on and I was going to have to ask myself some really uncomfortable questions and be really honest with myself. And it might sound really obvious to a lot of people who just instinctively know this, but the biggest issue for me is that I had a very unhealthy relationship with food and I was consuming too much, which led to weight gain, which made me feel really uncomfortable. And yet somehow I got to the age of 42 or 41 and I hadn't made the connection really or was didn't want to see the connection between an unhealthy consumption of food and not being able to then fit into my clothes. So I'd go to like zip my jeans up and go, why? Because of that. Because of what you were doing. Because of the eating, right? But this, the not being able to get into my clothes, the dressing to hide, all of those things made me, made me so unhappy made me so unhappy. I just, I dressed to camouflage myself. I dressed to hide. And I don't think I would have been able to, and it sounds really drastic, but I think going under the knife and having a surgery and coming out of it and feeling a real sense of anticlimax, I sort of hid it. I was like, no, it's amazing. It's amazing. But sort of deep down, I didn't have the feeling that I ultimately wanted. Having that was so confronting that I had no choice but to address the real issue at hand. And it just became very clear that whatever it was that I wanted to fix, it, it couldn't be fixed by going under the knife. It had to it was an inside job and I had to had to do a little bit of exploration and just be really honest. And it was the thing I'd been avoiding for a really, really long time. And I would say that the surgery was one domino that fell down and then knocked over a few other things. A few other things happened that led to me being able to actually tackle the issue that I had with food, which subsequently led to me losing weight, which subsequently led to me me feeling more comfortable in my own skin. And I just want to say, I'm not necessarily saying that the weight and weight loss made me feel happier in my own skin. I think it was finally... um, finally dealing with the self-sabotaging behavior and getting a handle on that whatever that might have been whatever the thing might have been rather than just saying oh well I lost some weight and so now I feel great it's not actually about that I think one of the reasons why this feels as good as it does is because it's about the fact that I don't feel like I'm out of control or I'm at the mercy of something else that I'm not quite sure what it is you know I I was eating in a way that was really unhealthy and unhelpful and was sabotaging me and yet I couldn't make that connection and but seeing it with clarity has made me feel really good in a way that I never have before and just sort of feeling oh I'm I'm in the driving seat whatever that was whatever that horrible thing was whatever that toxic thing was it doesn't have control over me anymore that's how it feels And so the breast reduction surgery was a really important domino. And also, I think I've said this before on the podcast when I've talked about this, but one of the other things was uh, 
after I had the breast reduction surgery, and it was an anticlimax, although it did do the job of fixing disproportionately large boobs very, very well, I, um, I had to sort of, I was about to turn 42 in a few months, and I remember just sort of thinking, I'm on this cycle where I gain weight, I lose weight, I gain weight, I lose weight, but for the, for the majority of the time, I'm heavier than I want to be. And I don't believe diets work. I don't believe they're good for your mind, body, or soul. And so I felt really lost after the surgery because I wanted to do something. And that seemed like the only option available. It's like, oh, I'm going to have to do that thing where I just diet loads again and exercise a ton. And I kind of did get back into that cycle a little bit of like, if I can just exercise every single day, and if I can just not eat this and just like... I kind of got a bit manic again, and I just thought, no, we're not doing that. We're absolutely not doing that again because I've been there and I know what happens. You'll succeed. It'll be hard. You won't be able to maintain it. And then you'll go back to here. And I remember just thinking, I think of looking in the mirror and just going, we are not doing this at 50. <laughs> and just thinking, right, whatever I do now from here on in, this, this is going to be the, this is going to be the good proper work that deals with, deals with the underlying issue which is relying on food for comfort, eating, relying on food for things that aren't what you need it for, sustenance, stay alive. Yes, you can have pleasure in food. Obviously, I'm not saying that. This isn't about being restrictive or anything like that. But if I definitely had an unhealthy relationship with food and that was leading to weight gain that was making me feel incredibly uncomfortable and was actually making me live half a life, if I'm really honest about it, the majority of things I've said no to have been because I felt embarrassed about how I looked. And I, I didn't want that anymore. I didn't want that anymore. And the, so the work that I had to do had to be about addressing this unhelpful overeating, but also coming to a place where I felt comfortable in my own skin. And that doesn't necessarily just mean, well, if you lose a bit of weight, you'll feel uncomfortable in your own skin. They're two different projects, but there's a little bit of, uh, there are some parallels in there, I believe. And it just kept coming back to this domino of the surgery, the looming birthday. And then in my recovery, something really significant happened. And I know I talk about this book so much, but Ian Hayes' Seven Day Basket is so vital to this story because when I was in recovery, I made it a real priority to eat well. So I wanted meals that had protein, starch and vegetables in, in the right kind of proportions. And I had Ian's book, Seven Day Basket, he'd been on the podcast. And I, because I couldn't lift for a little while after the surgery, it was very convenient for me to buy one basket of food for a week, although I could make I could make it last for two weeks because every uh, serving is for two people. And it just made it very easy. One, one visit to the shops and then everything was there as I needed. And I felt so good for eating the food from his book. And I really understood the connection between the kind of food I was eating, whether it was fresh, leafy and green or wholesome and nourishing or... I don't know, whatever it might be, because there's so many varieties, whether it was just light and fresh and crisp and fruity or whatever it might have been, I really began to feel the correlation between what I was eating from his book and how I felt. And so that became really vital in, it's a really vital step in uh, mending that relationship or how I saw food. I saw 
I wasn't just about picking at things. I was really excited about making myself a delicious meal in the evening. So that was a really important step. And I think it's it's uh, it would be wrong of me to dismiss it. It's just, yeah, I, you know, this cooking book. No, it was really important. After the surgery, it was the thing that helped me look after myself. And it was being a little bit slower, not not moving around as much, being a bit quieter as I was recovering. I think I was just able to pay a little bit more attention. So that book was really vital. About two months after the surgery, I had my photograph taken with Elizabeth Hurley. And I really didn't want to have it taken. I was in a bad mood. And I was in a foul mood, in fact, because I expected after the surgery that I wouldn't feel like that in front of cameras anymore. So it was a real shock that I did. And then somebody on the day caught a very unflattering angle of me from outside the studio where we were shooting somebody took a picture and then it went online and there's nothing I can do about that and it was heartbreaking and it was the picture that I small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because rust-oleum's new custom spray five-in-one gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Looked at, max, you know, maximized on my screen and just made myself cry with it. I just thought, I can't believe... I can't believe it. I don't want to, I don't want to look like that. I'm embarrassed because I knew... And the reason I was the size I was was because of a toxic relationship with food that I wanted to fix. And so that was another one of the dominoes. And so these things are sort of like slowly, slowly falling down. And then finally and ultimately what happened is my friend Alex Light had recommended this book, Brain Over Binge, by Catherine Hansen. And the day of the Elizabeth Hurley photograph... (laughs) I ordered it, read it in one sitting, and I've talked about this on the podcast a couple of times, but it was the the information within that book allowed me, and it was so helpful because I can't think of another source of information where I would have been able to get this perspective, so I really value this book too. It, It allowed me to sort of be objective and look at my situation and my relationship with food objectively rather than subjectively and I've said it before but I felt like it was a software update I read it I went to sleep I woke up and I felt like I had a new operating system and within that operating system I understood the bad behavior not the bad behavior but I understood when things when I was going to do things that would for me be sabotaging and make me eat in a way that wasn't helpful or healthy and the reason I wanted to talk about this is because so many people have messaged me and I encourage those messages because 
uh, on DM and on email. I know I've talked about this at length on the podcast because the podcast is normally where I have these quite personal and honest conversations with you. But the reason I chose to do it on Instagram in this instance is A, it's the birthday. Happy birthday. And B, because I get so many DMs now from people asking me about the surgery, maybe friends recommended the podcast, they've gone to my Instagram and they have questions, and I welcome and encourage those messages. Those messages, I adore speaking to you, and I will always be as honest as I possibly can about my experience to maybe help you. And the other reason is, is in the, in the last six months, people have been asking me about my weight loss, and I have been so keen not to trigger anybody and so keen not to say anything that might be unhelpful because eating disorders are very real and they're very destructive and I would never want to compound a negative narrative that might harm somebody. That's always the last thing on my agenda when I'm creating any kind of content. But it has it's got to the point where I sort of feel like, well, I need to address it because I feel like I'm being rude to people on DM by sort of not getting into a conversation with them. But, and people have asked quite a lot, what are you doing? What have you done? And it isn't as simple as that because I was the person who would look at somebody online who would either lost weight or looked really the way that I wanted to look, I should say. And I would almost obsess about them and I would try to find out the way that they'd done it. But like I said, I don't believe diets work. I mean, in the short term, all diets work, but I don't believe that they work for the mind, body and soul. I do think that they can be quite destructive. And that's why I was so determined not to diet again, because I don't want to be restrictive. I want to enjoy my food. I just want to do it in a, in a way where it's not coming, I'm not harming myself or I'm not doing it for the wrong reasons. And so I think what Brain Over Binge allowed me to do was just really see those impulses I was having. And where previously I couldn't see them for what they were, impulses that I could easily say no to, what the book allowed me to do is to say, oh, actually, that's not real. That's not real. Just in the same way as someone might say, oh, you really want to date all the Avengers well yes on some level I do but that's not real so I can just dismiss it and laugh it off and that's sort of a very top line superficial way of sort of explaining my interpretation but it all started with the breast reduction 12 months ago it really did I don't I can't imagine and a lot of people have DM'd me and asked me, should I have lost weight before I had the breast reduction surgery? And I had actually two letters from two different surgeons uh, on both of the consultations I had over the years. And I reread them before I filmed this video. And even though they referenced the weight, neither surgeon said it, it meant that they couldn't do it. And that it could be the thing that you do now to get yourself into a better headspace or it could be the thing that you do once you've lost weight. But I have to be really honest, I have always been on this up-down. And like I said, uh, the majority of my adult life I've been heavier than I've wanted to be. And I have only ever lost weight when, I have, when I've really got close to um, really sabotaging behaviours. And then inevitably it goes up. So it's felt quite a hopeless and I felt very helpless I hasten to add, and I didn't want to go there again by going on another diet. I really, really didn't. And so, yeah, it was really important to address the real issue. And I guess the surgery and that investment financially that I made in myself led me to make bigger investments in myself, which just meant looking in the mirror and going, well, come on, just be honest with yourself. Because I knew deep down what I was doing I was avoiding it, I was hiding from it, 
and because because ultimately I didn't know how to fix it maybe I didn't want to fix it I think I always wanted to fix it but anyway who knows I mean there's a whole episode on this with Mandy Saligari on the podcast feed but it was just to say that having surgery is a personal choice and if that's something that you want to do that's absolutely fantastic but I realize now that I had put such unrealistic expectations on a breast reduction surgery to essentially fix my relationship, my emotional relationship with my body and how I looked. And it was never going to, it was never going to do that. It was completely unrealistic. And so it's quite right that I would have felt the anticlimax that I did. But I'm so glad that I had the surgery and was able to then have that time where I was... Um, not as busy where I was able to enjoy something like Ian's book and enjoy and notice the benefits of eating a different way and then having another stark reminder of Elizabeth Hurley it's not Elizabeth's fault I hasten to add I mean but you know you have your picture taken next to her what are you going to do but that being another catalyst that led me to read Brain Over Binge and so in answer to all the people who have been messaging it isn't as it isn't as quick as saying I went on a diet and I started exercising because I've always exercised and I haven't gone on a diet. I've just addressed the issue that I had always been running away from, which was this reliance on food for comfort and for boredom, you know, for, for all of these things. And I think it's really important if you are considering any kind of surgery to understand. If I could go back in time, I would say, do you understand, Emma? what this is actually going to do because it wasn't the fix that I wanted it to be but it ended up being the fix that I needed it to be or part of the fix that I needed it to be and so I'm incredibly grateful that a year on I can say because of all of those things because of all of those dominoes I feel for the first time relaxed I don't feel stressed about food. I certainly don't feel stressed about exercise. I started posting in the morning uh, from from exercise, and then people started saying, you're exercising so much. And I was actually exercising a lot less than I used to. I used to try and do seven days a week. And since the surgery, I do three X3 uh, hit workouts and just walk and do yoga and to that end I must say I have to reference Alice Living because I get a lot of my inspiration and exercises from her feed. And I just think she's brilliant at explaining exercises and showing form. But instead of being panicked and going hell for leather every time, a little bit like the only way I can describe the way I used to exercise is it used to be like, have you ever played a computer game where you like play and, and you don't really know what the controls do. So you just go like that and, you, and then, but you kill everyone or you get to the next level. And you're like, I don't really know how I did it. But by doing that, I got, that was my approach to exercise previously. Whereas now... I'm just like, right, on a Monday, I'm going to work my lower body. On a Wednesday, I'm going to work my upper body. And on a Friday, I'm going to work my core. And in and around that, I'm going to go for some long walks in the fresh air. And I'm going to do some yoga. And it feels so relaxed. It's just, it feels like being able to take the stress out of it. Being able to take the urgency out of having to exercise. Because equally, if I don't want to, I'm like, I'm going to do it today. Not in the right place. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it another day. Or I'll do it when the mood takes me. And that's... That's really just a snapshot, an overview of the last 12 months, which have been so significant and so helpful. And I don't feel disconnected anymore. I don't avoid mirrors. I do feel confident enough to 
not scream at people only from the neck up if they try to take my picture. Not that that's happened recently because we've been in lockdown. But I think there was just a lot of value in being able to have a very honest conversation with myself about what I knew I was doing but was avoiding being honest about, which is that I had a very unhealthy relationship with food and it was essentially self-sabotaging because it led it created a result that I was very unhappy in my own skin and so yes I have lost weight since the surgery and I know people who who email me about uh, losing weight before the surgery yes I in a way it would have been great to have lost this weight to beforehand but equally I don't think I would have I would have done it in the way that I've done it now I think I would have done it in the previous way I used to do it which would have been which would have led again to failure which would have meant having it having the surgery and putting the weight back on which is not what we want whereas what's happened is um had the surgery and then dropped the weight and and also when people say to me do you think you should have lost weight first I just sort of think well I didn't so <laughs> what <laughs> But I, yeah, again, this is just to say it's been a year. It's been a really interesting 12 months. It feels like uh, the year of honesty for me. It feels like taking a really big leap and having something like a surgery, which is, you know, if you listen to that podcast that I posted in December last year, I was terrified about, I was really scared, but it has been the first step in what has been a really positive 12 months where I feel much more connected And I feel that I no longer have an unhealthy, toxic relationship with food whereby I use it as a means of self-harm, whether I realised I was doing that or not. So to answer, I think that answers all of the questions that I get on DM. I hope that if you have any other questions, you'll feel comfortable to ask, whether it's in the comments or again, whether it's in DM or whether you want to email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. Um, I wish for everybody to get to a place where they feel comfortable in themselves, whatever size that may be, because it really wasn't a nice feeling ever, feeling embarrassed in the vessel I was in. And look, it's not all like, yeah, check me out. It's not all that now. I still have, I still have things that I'm still a normal person who's like at certain parts of myself, but I don't beat myself up about it anymore. And I think that's part of what this has been about. So again, if you want to ask me anything, please do, whether that's on DM, email, or whether you want to comment below. And I will put a trigger warning in this. I did speak to a lot of people who are uh, much, much better versed than I am in things like body confidence and body positivity. And I tried to film this video and I just kept tripping over my words. And it's because they weren't my own, because I was trying so hard not to offend. But all I can do is be really honest and tell tell you my version of events from where I'm at and if that means that I need a little correction then please I am you know I I accept that I'm I'm not perfect and I don't but like I said earlier in this video I don't want to trigger anybody and that would be that would be the worst thing to happen so I really hope that that's not the case um thank you so much for watching I really as ever I really appreciate your time and I thank you so much for Um, tuning in for listening to the podcast for watching these videos and for just being here thank you so much i will see you on the next one
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.